Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, did Todd Bowles have the loudest voice when it came to signing in Domicong Sioux? And the Rays lose their fourth in a row, this time to the Detroit Tigers 9-6. Blake Snell is roughed up. Miguel Cabrera with a grand slam. The Rays with their fourth game of giving up five runs or more. We've got all of that and more to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, are you ready for a magical day on the river with the manatees? Well, if so, seven days a week you can experience the wonder and magical charm with Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. Now, I have done this. It should be on your bucket list. Look, it's cold. It's not cold. It's warm out there, about 98 degrees. This is the perfect time to go. Hey, ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour. Be sure to ask about their free offer for law enforcement officers and U.S. military. Requires the purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price. After that, you're eligible for the free tour. Now, Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company at Kings Bay in Crystal River. is pure paradise. Ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, their bicycle rentals, and much more. Book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-777-1796. Okay, Steve, so first day of the mandatory mini camp. All the people were uh, out there with the cameras, the microphones, the reporters, we were all just kind of crowded around in Damakong Sioux to watch him stand there and do nothing. <laughs> it, was, it was, I mean, he doesn't know the defense. I mean, he's he's you know he's in shorts and his in his number ninety three, which of course used to belong to Gerald McCoy. It was uh, an indoor practice because they had sweet holders and some other people uh, that were there uh, in attendance. So there's you know a couple hundred or maybe even a thousand uh, fans on hand. Um, but it was kind of ridiculous too, because I mean, again, he's trying to learn just the terminology is his first day at work and, uh, didn't get to do much. Um, but it was significant in that, uh, you know, sort of the passing of, of the torch, if you will, or the, or the number 93 uniform anyway, when, uh, when Sue was, was aboard as a buck. And there were some people trying to come up with chants of Sue and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to him after the practice, but, uh, I, I did, you know, chance had a chance to talk to Todd Bowles. Now we know that you know Bowles is is a guy that's switching the Bucks to a three four defense, and there had been some discussion about whether Gerald McCoy was a good fit for that or not. Of course, early on, Bruce Arians said he was when he was trying to trade him, and then when in fact he couldn't trade him, and they cut him, they said he was not a good fit. But he certainly could have played in this defense. There's no question that Sue is a better fit because. When you talk about the three down line position, whether it's nose tackle, uh, three technique, five technique, whatever, he can play all three of those, and so the versatility of that will, you know, will help their defense. And, and Todd Bowles knows it's a fit. And how does he know it's a fit? Well, a year ago, Todd Bowles was the head coach of the New York Jets, and Indomitian Sue was a free agent out of coming out of Miami, and he was trying to choose between several teams, but not the least of which were the Jets. And, and he had several conversations with Bowles, really liked um, sort of what his plan was for him, felt like he could help him uh, continue to improve as a player, even 
you know, going into his 10th, at that time, ninth season. And it just didn't work out. And so, you know, Sue ends up signing with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, it was a good decision for him from a, you know, a professional standpoint. They go to the Super Bowl, they lose. He does okay during the regular season, much better in the postseason. He had four and a half sacks in the regular season, a sack and a half, 10 tackles in the postseason. Of course, playing next to Aaron Donald, who's a defensive player of the year. But nonetheless, you know, fulfilled his dream of at least going to a Super Bowl, didn't win one, and then he becomes a free agent again. So, you know, going back to a year ago, you have Todd Bowles with all this information and understanding, you know, just exactly how he would fit in his defense. And so really, you know, in talking to Bowles, he basically said, look, I, you know, we, we talked a year ago and, you know, when I called him this time, we basically picked up the conversation right where we left it. We talked a year ago, uh, very interested in him at the time. It didn't work out, obviously, but we developed a good rapport from talking on the phone and understanding each other, what I was looking for, what he was looking for. So this time around when I called him, it was kind of funny, so it kind of fell back to the same conversation, but there was a lot of comfortability between us two, and everything worked out. The Rams, of course, weren't going to have him back. McCoy was on his way out of town, so everything sort of worked out, and, they, and you know, Bowles got his man. And I, and I really, you know, in talking to Bruce Arians... I trust Todd's evaluation as much as anybody's, and, uh, you know, so that was a big part of it. Like many of the Bucks' assistant coaches under Arians, they played for... Bruce Arians going back to Temple days, whether you're talking about Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, uh, Todd Bowles was a player for him at Temple. So these guys have been together for so long that if, if Bowles says, look, trust me, this is what we need. This is the piece we need. Um, he, you know, I've evaluated the tape. Uh, he can still play. He can do some things here. Here's the plan. Then as Arians told me, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm going to weigh heavily on what Bowles' evaluation is. So I know that, you know, Arians has talked a lot about, you know, changing the culture and sort of maybe a different tone setter and, and this sort of thing. And there's there's some real truth to that. But the more I the more you like kind of look at like what happened a year ago with the recruitment of, of Indomicon Sue to the Jets and uh, and then Bowles coming to the Bucks and then re recruiting him again, it's pretty clear to me that Arians deferred you know, to to Todd Bowles. And I'm not saying he didn't have his own opinions on the subject, um, but he trusts him implicitly to know, hey, this is the guy we need next to Vita Vea, and he's going to be a good influence on him in terms of the way he, you know, he has a, how aggressive he is, how he resets the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. And so I, I really do believe that, that Bowles, maybe more than Arians, had more to do with Sue being here than maybe any other coach on the staff. Well, and I think that's good news, too, that, look, I mean, Bruce Arians, we know, kind of wants to be more of the CEO-type coach, but he's also that's more right. of an offensive coach, too. So you need a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator you trust. Absolutely. That, that you can sit there and, and know that, you know, he knows what he's doing. And of course, he's been with Bruce Arians at Temple and coached with him in Arizona and, you know, the whole history with him. So, and, and Todd Bowles has been a head coach before, too, which is, you know, a good thing to have on your staff. So, you know, I think that that – the trust that Arians is showing in him is good news for the Bucks and Bucks fans that his defensive coordinators got complete trust from the head coach. Yeah, and it, it really is. And, and this was the case, you know, when they won a Super Bowl, right, with John Gruden. I mean, uh, John came in and inherited uh, an entire defensive staff under Monty Kitfin. And even though he challenged those guys on defense, 
they were two separate teams. I mean, he trusted Monty and, and Rod Marinelli and those guys to implicitly to run the defense. And he, he, he was the coach of the team, but he was also the offensive coordinator, spent a lot of time on that side of the ball, much as Arians will. And so you have to have that, right? And these guys go back so far, um, like I said, all the way to college days. So he has his guys on defense. He has Bowles. Bowles knows what he's going to do with Sue. And, and this is, you know, sort of, sort of what you have to have uh, in terms of uh, the, you know, the synergy to make this stuff work. Now, the thing about, about Sue, and I, I think this is interesting, and I, and I pointed this out um, sort of in an in a analysis today in the Tampa Bay Times, you can read it on TampaBay.com, is that, you know, when you think about Indomitian Sue, he, he's not a guy that, um, you know, that, that has had a lot of sacks of late. I mean, four and a half with the Rams. He played next to Aaron Donald. Um, and yet he was still very productive. And if you watch his tape, you know, he was better in the postseason almost than he was in the regular season. He had a sack and a half, 10 tackles. He was sort of a force, you know, when you think about it. But they questioned, and, and Bruce Arians did this, not so much Todd Bowles, but Arians questioned whether or not, you know, Joe McCoy still had the, quote-unquote, enthusiasm for the game. He wanted to see if he was still excited about playing and all these kinds of things. Don't forget that in, in the news conference that Sue had with the Bucks that when he was introduced, he basically said, look, I, you know, because he had been out there since January, and he basically said, well, the first thing I had to do was um, understand what my family wanted to do, what I wanted to do, uh, whether I should continue playing football, and, you know, that, that was really the first piece, figuring that out. Now, at no time has Joe McCoy mentioned retirement, and I'm not suggesting that, that Sue was really leaning that way, but he's 31 years old. He's going into his 10th season. So at this point, you take that assessment, and some guys do that every year, but it's interesting that he was that out front about it. So if you're going to question McCoy's motivation, okay, what is Sue's, right? He's coming off a Super Bowl team. The Bucks in no way are, are picked to go to the Super Bowl. Maybe they make the postseason. Maybe they have a winning record, that sort of thing, and the Arians – um, but why is what is Sue's motivation? You know, why why is he still playing? Is it the money? Is it the legacy? Does he still think he can be better? And we talked about this a little bit the other night. But in talking to Todd Bowles, he goes, "Look, I don't question his motivation, which is interesting, because certainly your head coach questioned McCoy's. But you know, basically, he just said, "I don't question his motivation." When I talked to him, none of that came up. Uh, I watched the film. I know the man, and I know the player, so I'm happy with him. And so they have no questions about Sue. At this point, you know, is he playing out the string? Is he doing it for the money? Like, what what is his motivation? They're very convinced that he's going to be everything they want him to be. And, look, he's got the resume. I mean, we've talked about McCoy ad nauseum and what he has done with the six Pro Bowls. Uh, don't forget that Sue has been to five of them. He was the uh, Associated Press first team All-Pro three times. And All-Pro versus Pro Bowl means that you're the only guy at that position in either uh, conference named, you know, at at defensive tackle, that sort of thing. Uh, we talked about the 56 career sacks. The other thing that's big is this, and I, I and you can't minimize it. He started 142 games, and he's played in 142 games. That those he has not missed a game that that you know he wasn't suspended for basically. And there's been three of those. So. Uh, this is a very durable guy. This is a guy that is, uh, you know, going to be there every Sunday. That gives coaches a lot of confidence when they know what they're going to get. And 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 again, 
uh, I think he's a tone setter. You know, I think that that they wanted um, somebody who, you know, would be overly aggressive, maybe not to the point of, of penalties. And we know he's been suspended three games and fined over six hundred thousand dollars. But when you talk to Todd Bowles, you know, his thing is like, you know, I, I don't know about crossing the line necessarily, um, but but he plays hard. He plays tough. And, you know, you want him, you don't want him to hurt your team with penalties. You want to play the right way. But you also want some of that to rub off on the rest of your team. And so, you know, I think that, that that's part of it. Talking to Bo Allen after practice, um, you know, Bo Allen, of course, was, you know, in his first year here with the Bucks after signing as a free agent from the Eagles. Um, he's excited about Sue and playing next to him. It's exciting times. Uh, we're happy to have him in the building, man. Uh, you know, practice one underway. We'll, I'll know a little bit more on tape, but, uh, you know, he's been in the NFL for a long time. He's been doing it for a long time. Uh, had a great year last year, obviously, with the Rams. And I've seen him on tape forever just because uh, I played at Wisconsin, so a lot of similar opponents. And he was at Nebraska. And then, um, you know, when I was in Philly, too, he was in that same defense in Detroit. So we saw a bunch of him on tape. And, you know, I'm happy to get to know him personally instead of just, you know, seeing him on, uh, on film. Generally, it was a good day. It was, uh, you know, kind of a Sioux introduction day, if you will. We'll probably talk to him before the minicamp is over, I think, one more time. We'll probably have a chance to talk to Jameis Winston as well. Minicamp continues uh, today at, uh, you know, at the Advent Health Training Center over there, and then they'll wrap it up on Thursday, which I think will be a pretty short practice. I mean, I don't know that they're going to go all that long on Thursday. And then it's seven weeks off before, you know, the Bucks reconvene for training camp. So this is the last really good look. Uh, that the coaches will get and that the players will get on the field trying to trying to work some things out. The other thing that uh, was has been a topic, of course, has been sort of the the progress of their secondary, particularly a lot of their rookies. And you know, I, I still come back to this, and I'll be writing about it. Is is how you know Bruce Arians is convinced that he has quote unquote fixed the secondary, like that's fixed, that's done. And we still know that, you know, the guys that played primarily last year that were young guys, rookies or whatnot, I mean, look, um, Vernon Hargrave's just turned 24, and he's the elder statesman of the team. You know, he's a guy, you know, going into his uh, going into his fourth season. So, you know, when you, when you look at the youth that they have, the, the three rookies they drafted, uh, the young guys last year with Carlton Davis and M.J. Stewart, Jordan Whitehead, this is a young group of defensive backs, and I'm, I'm really curious just how this is all going to pay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And out. There's some really good competition. I like, the, I like some of the new guys like Mike Edwards and some of the guys that they drafted uh, this year. But, uh, but to suggest that you've got this figured out, again, I think is just a little premature because you know most of these guys haven't even been on the grass in a preseason game, much less a regular season game, against guys like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas and the like. Um, but they look very good. They had three interceptions again 
on Tuesday, and and you know the the downside of that is, of course, who's throwing them. Well, that's what and I was James just going to say. Shouldn't we hope yeah. it's fixed? If, otherwise, if well, it's not fixed, and your quarterback's throwing that many interceptions, you're in trouble. Yeah, and and really, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, yeah, you credit you credit the plays they're making. Uh, Mike Edwards picked one off, you know, one inch off the turf on a tip ball the other day, uh, but. You also got to look at okay, well, it's not a good thing if your quarterback is is getting picked off. And you know, it was weird. It was curious to me. Like Arian said something about like, well, as far as throwing interceptions, I want to see where we're throwing balls down the field and learn from it. I don't, do I get upset with interceptions always? But not today. We have some new things going in against different coverages, uh, second, and third reads, a lot of second and third players out there that were not necessarily in the right spots. So no, I don't get upset with it. You know what? I'm always worried about the interceptions. I, I just don't think it's a good idea to throw them. I mean, and, you know, years ago, I mean, I remember having this conversation with Brad Johnson where he would say, look, training camp and mini camp and, um, you know, OTAs and things like that. He goes, look, if you're not going to see what you can get away with now, you don't want to figure it out during a game in the regular season. Like now is the time that you take shots. Now is the time that you – um, you know, sort of try to squeeze balls in there um, and and see who you can trust at the receiver position to come down with 50-50 balls or, you know, opportunity throws or whatever. And so I, I kind of get it that it's not – no one's keeping score per se. But if you're in charge of Jameis Winston and you're the guy that's brought in here to be the quarterback whisperer and your number one goal is to cut down on turnovers, I don't know that I would ever say, you know – Hey, it's okay if he throws a few picks today. Um, and again, some of them were like one was a tip ball, and um, you know the, the, some guys made some good plays on some others. But that's the the beauty of training camp, and and when you go against each other, you know, in the preseason or whatnot, um, in practice, it's like it's bad for the de- it's good for the defense, bad for the offense, or vice versa. Somebody always loses, so. We'll see if, if indeed he has it fixed. I know Bruce Arians is very confident in these guys. They all look good. Um, they're all you know bright-eyed guys that seem to be picking up the system really well. Um, but it's, uh, it, I, I still think it's a really young group. And, and the one thing I would, I would ask is that I wonder if they wouldn't be uh, well-served. And there's always an opportunity you know, before training camp. Some guys will get cut um, here in the next few weeks. Could they benefit from having one veteran back there? Like, they don't have a dude uh, that's older than Hargraves. It's really startling when you think about it. And, and like I said, Hargraves missed two of the four years that he's been that he's been in the NFL. He just flat out got nothing out of them. So, you know, he's still, from a football standpoint, and in, in, in age, still a very young player. And you just wonder if there were – even if he wasn't a guy that was going to start for you, but somebody who has played a lot of football, knows what it looks like, could impart some wisdom, um, that's the one thing they're missing. The other bad news for the Bucs in their secondary is that uh, Justin Evans uh, showed up on Tuesday wearing a boot. And, you know, he's been struggling with the, uh, the turf toe injury. Uh, it knocked him out for a good part of last year, eventually put him on IR. Evans, second-round pick a couple years ago, great range. Uh, his asset is his speed, his ability to cover the grass back there in the deep middle. Um, but now, you know, now he can barely drag that boot around. And this goes back to last season. So you got to be concerned if you're the Bucks, because what Arians told us is that Evans has had another quote-unquote procedure 
which means they've gone in there and had to do something. And when you hear about feet and turf toe and stuff like this, it can absolutely um, be something that can end somebody's career, uh, particularly if you're a defensive back or a safety. So we'll have to watch that sort of closely, whether Justin Evans is going to make it back. Right now, they're telling us that he'll be ready for training camp, uh, that this was sort of a minor procedure and whatnot. Um, But in the meantime, other guys are taking his reps and likely to, uh, to maybe take his job. So we'll have to follow that as well. Okay, Steve, so what the hell has gone wrong with the Rays? I know the Twins are really good, and they lost three out of four at home. But, you know, the guy that's supposed to stop the losing skid and, frankly, has pitched very, very well of late is Blake Snell. He came into this game on Tuesday night with a 3-4 and four record, but it wasn't his fault. And I was listening to Kevin Cash being interviewed before the game by uh, Dave or Andy. I can't remember which one. But basically, Cash said, you know what? Um, this is our horse. We need to win games. Whether he gets the win or not, it doesn't really matter. And and certainly he's pitched well enough to get more wins than the three that he has this season. But he said, you know, when we've got Blake Snell on the mound, we need to score some runs and we need to win those games first and foremost. Well, they played a Tigers team that isn't very good, particularly can't hit very well. But they've got one guy still in that lineup, and that's Miguel Cabrera. And he made Blake Snell pay. And, you know, this thing got away from them in a hurry. Yeah, and they actually scored runs. I mean, they got six runs tonight. They of course, did. Willie Adamas with a late grand slam in the eighth grand inning slam. to pull them within mm-hmm. three at that point. But, yeah, I mean, Blake Snell, obviously not his best stuff tonight. You, you know, he gave up with six runs in uh, how many innings did he pitch? It wasn't a lot. Five, I think. Yeah, yeah. five innings. So um, disappointing that your ace couldn't stop the losing streak, and now it's at four games. I mean, Willie Adamas after the game, and I'm reading a quote from Josh Tolentino mm-hmm. saying – we're not always going to win. I feel like we haven't really had those losing streaks this year. I think this is the worst moment of the whole season. We're going to get through this, mm. and we're going to start winning games that like we used to. They got one now for sure, four in a row. Um, you know, remember last year they won eighty game or ninety games, but they had I think two eight game losing streaks and two eight game winning streaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy the way they were sort of streaky. I mean, that was their thing. They were just a a very uh, inconsistent but very streaky team, streaky good, streaky bad. Yeah, and they've avoided that. I mean, all the mm-hmm. credit to them. And look, there's no, no embarrassment to losing to the Twins. They still had a four and three home stand. Um, the Twins are, you know, had the best record in baseball. They're very, very good. They're they're not they're, they're for real. They're not an imposter or anything like that. Um, but when you go to Detroit, which is the, a team with not only I think the lowest batting average in the American League, but maybe the highest ERA. I mean, they have been struggling in any statistical um, measurement that you want to have. But the problem is they still got that beast. <laughs> they still got – and Cabrera has not has not hit many home runs. I mean, he's he's battling a uh, – you know, his his right, his right knee is going to Yeah, he's going to be a full-time so, DH now. He's not going to play first yeah. base anymore. Well, he's got knee problems, and when you do that, the power has gone away. He hasn't really hit many home runs. But he got into one – sort of one-handed it, if you will, out of left field with the bases loaded, and that was pretty much the ball game. So – um, look, they need, you know, with, with the way that, you know, the, the, sort of the rotation is set up, you basically have two starters, you know, um, and then a bunch of openers and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I agree with Kevin Cash. You need to you need to take advantage of the days that Blake Snell is on the mound that gives you a chance to win most every time he pitches, but he couldn't make the big pitch to uh, Cabrera and he made him pay for it with a grand slam. Two grand slams 
in that game. You don't see that very often, one from each team. No, you don't. And I was remembering back to working a game in 2005 at Dodger Stadium where the Braves were trailing. I believe it was yeah, it was 2 nothing in the eighth inning, and Adam LaRoche hits a grand slam. So the Braves go up 4-2. to two, And in the bottom half of the inning, the Braves make a mess of it, and Milton Bradley hits a grand slam. Wow. And the Dodgers end up winning the game 7-4. to four, But it was two grand slams in the same inning. One for each team, which was, Jeez. you know, I don't know how often that happens, but I thought that was pretty bizarre. But yeah, anytime you get two grand slams in a game, that's, I mean, you know, grand slams are rare enough as it is. You don't hit that many a right. season. So you'll see any, yeah. So it was good to so, see Avisel Garcia back in the lineup. It was. And I think Tommy Pham is close. Um, mm-hmm. They said that, you know, that calf muscle, he was available to pinch hit if they needed him. They wanted to give him one more day. Yep. He, has, he has a chance where he might start today or tomorrow in Detroit, but, um, you know, it, it was probably more than – now they're saying it was a cap strain. I don't know what the medical sort of jargon is with this, but, yeah, Avisel Garcia, who, of course, was known as Little Miggy in Detroit when he was mm-hmm. coming up um, and resembles him in many ways, it re- hit, hit a home run to the opposite field, which looked like Miguel Cabrera as well. So it was good to see him back in the lineup, and if they get fan back – look, they just, you know, I mean – Tonight, the pitching obviously let them down. They they scored a lot of runs in the end of the day with a grand slam by Adamas, um, and they did that you know late the other day against the Twins. They just need to get on top of teams like they did on Tuesday night, but they didn't separate. You know they got up two to one, mm-hmm. um, should have been three to one. Got a runner picked off at first base during that beginning that they had, but um, you know they they just can't separate, and this has sort of been the problem. And then of course. The starting pitching. I mean, Snell has been as good as anybody on that staff, obviously, mm-hmm. and he's he's just record wise, he's off to to a tough start, yep. and you know got lit up. So well, tonight you got Charlie Morton on the mound, so he's that undefeated, helps. six and zero with the two five four ERA. So you know, yeah. if you got another pitcher you want to stop a losing streak, he's the one you want to send out there at this point. Well, it sounds good. You know, here's the thing: they haven't won a game since last Thursday. Think about that. When they scored fourteen it's- runs and. It's the, the Bucks beat the Vikings fourteen to three. That's right. I mean, that was a that was a slaughter. I mean, it was crazy. It was like batting practice. I've never seen anything like it. And they have not won since last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time to go. Look, the Yankees aren't going to slow down for you. The Red Sox aren't going to stop trying to make up ground. So all those things are going to continue happening around you. But yep. this is the first real sort of speed bump they've had. Um, during this season with a four-game losing streak. so And they're going to have uh, to do it without news. Jose Alvarado for a little bit. He's back yeah. in Venezuela dealing with a family situation. They didn't That's elaborate tough. any more on that. Kevin Cash said hopefully Saturday or Sunday maybe he'll be back, but he's going to be missing this Tiger series and some of the Boston series. That's really tough for the Rays. And, and not that he had been you know on, on point necessarily, but uh, he's the best they got and still has unbelievable mm-hmm. stuff. And so – being shorthanded in the bullpen late like that, especially with what you have coming up in terms of you know after Charlie Morton with the openers, is is going to be a hard road. Did you see who's yeah, leading the American League in batting average? I did. He finally qualified. Austin, Austin Meadows, Meadows is now leading the the baseball or the American League in batting average and OPS as he now has enough plate appearances to qualify. That's terrific for him, and he had another double on uh, Tuesday night as well. Yep. And did you see the ticket specials for next week? tickets for the Monday through Friday games next week. So the 10th through the 14th. Man, you got no excuse if you you, uh, really like the Rays and want to go see them play. I mean, I 
I I have not been to a game yet. Mm-hmm. I think I will be going next week for sure. It's not so much the money, but that's going to get me there. But just if they're going to do that, and I think they're if you order them online, there's like a one dollar service charge. Yeah, it's or, a reduced service uh, charge from the normal service charge, but I think yeah. it's a dollar a ticket plus a dollar fifty in order. So you're talking like thirteen bucks, you get two tickets, and some of them are in really good places in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Look, if they can't get guy people there for that, I don't know what they have to do. They're practically giving it away. Well, you're going to have the A's for the first three games, and they're competing for that last wild card spot right now. And then you got Huge. the Angels with Mike Trout coming to town for the last two of those the five dollar tickets. And I'm telling you, if you don't get it, you know we don't get to see a chance uh, very often uh, to see Mike Trout. But if you watch him for a whole series, he is an unbelievable player. Uh, and it's unfortunate that you know he's all the way out on the West Coast and. Um, you know, the Angels play at 10.30 at night most nights. but um, And they haven't really been that good lately either, so you don't they see have, him as much. No. He's a terrific player. He's really fun to watch. So, yeah, two big important uh, home series coming up, and you can get those $5 tickets as well. So that's that's a big thing. All right, so the Rays will uh, resume their series against the Detroit Tigers. You mentioned Charlie Morton will be on the mound. The Bucks back at – their final mandatory minicamp. They only have two days left, and then they'll take a big break for about seven weeks or so. I'll be there at the Advent Health Training Center, and you can uh, check out all the information there online at tampabay.com. And, folks, listen, if you're looking for something to do, it's so hot out there right now. The kids are out for school for summer. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Pack them in the car and head on up to, King, head on up to Kings Bay in Crystal River to Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees. They're the number one customized manatee tour company. Um, they've got everything. It's pure paradise up there. You can ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, their bicycle rentals, and so much more. Book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-777-1796. For Steve Burstnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 